Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Wounded Warrior Project is working to foster the most successful generation of veterans in our nation's history. One of the ways they do that is through adaptive sports. Veterans are some of the most resilient people on the planet. It's not about what you can't do after experiencing injury or illness. It's about tapping into what you can do. Learn more about how Wounded Warrior Project's adaptive sports programs are changing lives at www.woundedwarriorproject.org sports. This show is brought to you by K Jewelers. Listen up, NFL fans. K just dropped a collection of officially licensed NFL jewelry. Shop your favorite team in the True Fans Fine Jewelry Collection at k.com slash truefans. Gear up for the season and celebrate the love of the game with K. It's about to go down. This is the Buffalo Nerds Sports Podcast. Where we talk history of the game numbers and stats. And each week we highlight a charity that's doing good. If you haven't subscribed yet, then you should. Because I'm sick to this, this the, the real deal. And you know I got a shout out to Buffalo Bills. Turn it up to the max. Sit back and relax. This the Buffalo Nerds Sports Podcast. Let go. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Buffalo Nerd. So, fortunately, again for you guys this week, I'm not alone. There is a person on the other side of the uh, mic. You can't see her, but I can. Um, yes, it is another uh, female voice this week in the sports industry. Who's, uh, if you don't know her, I'm kind of surprised actually. If if White Claw had a like face of their franchise, I think uh, my guest today would be the face you would be seeing, right? So I'm going to be joined today by Steffi Smalls, who does too many friggin' things to name off. Um, she is like way everywhere that you think you would look for football stuff. You'll probably see her. Um, she. She's pretty freaking cool, but she's like this tiny little package, right? So um, she, that's why she's got the Steffi Smalls name. So she's joining me this week. She is on episode after episode all the time. So Steffi Smalls, why don't you go ahead and let everybody know all about yourself? What's up? Thank you so much, Cole, for having me. I've been so excited to get on. I feel like we booked this like a month ago, and it's so exciting to have it come like into fruition. Um, but yeah, you did a great job introducing me. I usually say... If I'm not already all over your timeline, you probably will see me pop up on your timeline at some point. I do have quite the tweeting addiction and my <laughs> every thought goes out into a tweet. But yeah, I, I got a gig with FTN Network, Fade the Noise, with Brad Evans, Jeff Ratcliffe, all those guys over there not too long ago. So just started my new show, Small Talk with... I hate saying the ending because I sound like creepy. <laughs> Small talk with Steffi Smalls, uh, which right, is me. Right. Um, but yeah, that, that's been fun. Episode two is coming out soon and dipping my toes into betting, all sorts of stuff going on today. Yeah, we have our Friday show so that I do with Dave Kluge, my partner in crime, a little bit over there. It's uh, just a ton of stuff going on. It's fun. I, I don't like to say no to any guest appearance. It's really nice to network with people and you meet awesome people like yourself, Colt. Yeah, I mean, it's I'm, I'm happy to have you, and I know I've been uh, I originally 
when you said we did this like a month ago, I think it was probably almost a month and a half ago because it was actually right before I didn't even know that you were getting ready to make the big jump right over to the new network. I met you as part of the Join the Circle crew, right, um, that I've had everybody else almost on, I think, so far, right, which has been awesome. I had Chase. I've had Jeff. Uh, I think Troy's on next week. So I've had the, the entire crew coming on. And I find it funny when people, because um, you, you mentioned the FTN network, right, and people don't really know. I don't think they realize what the FTN network is a lot of the time. Or the, But then you say Brad Evans, right? And I think people are like, wait, I think I know Brad Evans. Why do I know Brad Evans? And it's like, oh, you mean like Brad Evans, like, when fantasy football first started, he like did everything Yahoo had to offer <laughs> Brad Evans. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, right? yeah that, that guy, the guy that's really, really good at this. So when you say you just jumped on board with this crew, that's a pretty, pretty big epic move, realistically. I mean, to get on board with a guy like that, right? So your opinion's respected. Um, you're, you're loved by White Claw. You're loved by the Join the Circle community. I, your Twitter following that, I, that I'm part of, right? Um, they love to hate you, right? And they they love to give you a hard time, and they love to not ever tell you when you were right. Is what I've pretty much kind of got. There's a few of them in there. They'll do it. You know, the, there's the the you can see there's a crew of people that stand up and let it be known. But you're you're a smart lady. You know a lot about football. I didn't realize you were doing a bunch of these other things too, with uh, like the betting and all that stuff too. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a new adventure. It'll be fun to see how that goes. It's definitely a lot of betting um, based. My my show is sponsored by Typico Sportsbook, which is cool. I actually got the sponsor before the show came out. So that was kind of an exciting thing because it's not the norm. But yeah, I mean, being able to work with Brad Evans, he's like one of the guys that I admire tremendously because he obviously very much, for those of you that do know Noisy Huevos, he keeps his personality. He's so real. Like everything that he does, he just embodies himself and he takes pride in all of his all of his advice, all of his moves. And that's something that I try to stick to is just being myself. I mean, I have done nothing to change or to try to get to in quotations where I am right now, but it's, uh, it's, it's been cool to be able to be myself. And then someone that I admire for being himself it, to take me on, to be part of his company is, was definitely probably one of my proudest moments. Yeah, that's awesome. And you, uh, I mean, I think a lot of people, if they had that opportunity would give, you know, a lot to have the opportunity. So it's very cool. And I, from everything that I watch you do, which is awesome. And why I also wanted to have you on is you respect everything that you do. You take it to a, the fun level, right? We'll call it the fun level. I think your, <laughs> your, your thing says, you know, it, what is it? Your spicy unfiltered takes, right? Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll just call it that, right? So <laughs> you take it to, you take it to the level, right? That it's supposed to be at but you can tell that you respect everything that you're doing. Right. You know, so that's appreciated. And I think it's super cool. I mean, I, I don't know, I'm a nerd type, you know, so I like the numbers things. I like all those extra things. I like betting. I like doing all those things that involve trying to, you know, just figure things out and, you know, beat systems and do all those kind of things. Cool. And you get to do it and take it to the max with some pretty cool people. So that's awesome. You also mentioned um, Dave. So, I can't imagine this offseason you guys have run out of anything to talk about, right? With Chicago, because Dave's a Chicago fan, right? Is, yeah, that, is, is that accurate? Yes. Right. So he was like He's having the red breakdowns. Over there now. <laughs> yeah, I was following. I follow Dave too, and he he was like having nervous breakdown all off season almost because it was yes, it's going to be great. No, it's not. Yes, it's going to be really awesome, but no, it's not. My poor. Uh, yeah. So 
yeah, so I like Dave too. He's he's a sharp dude too. He's seriously so. a cool. It's nice, you know, because uh, when we were both, uh, we co-owned um, Join Our Circle before we left. So it's been nice to hang on to that relationship too and all my relationships that I, I made out there. And um, I didn't lose any of the support from a lot of my followers that I did gain from there. And, um, you know, Dave is someone that definitely challenges me and you need people like that. Like he is definitely someone that I can't imagine not having in my corner. Troy is another one. Um, but you have to have people like that. Like you have to have people that also keep you in line because like you said, the unfilteredness can obviously get a little crazy and I do get a lot of hate on, on Twitter, but I stand by a lot of the stuff that I, I say, actually I stand by everything that I say. This is why I was joking around. I don't put out my rankings because, you know, unless I know people rely on me and they rely on my football take. So I'm never going to say anything unless I stand by it hundred percent. And it's a move that I would make. Like I'm, if I don't feel confident a hundred percent that that I'm not steering someone the wrong way, then I will just keep my mouth shut, sort of thing. Yeah, I like that, but that's I think that's the way it should be done, right? I mean, it's like in when you like I know Brad does the betting, you do the betting. It's like when you put that move out there, it's like, well, I'm I'm just doing. It. If you want to follow this, that's great, right? Like I'm I'm just putting it out there that this is what I'm suggesting to you, right? Mm-hmm. So people have to understand that, but. I think it's just a nice thing for people to be able to know that they can trust the other person on the side, right? That they're not just flashing them material because they can. Yeah, here, bet on this. It sounds like a great idea. It's right, like it's very <laughs> easy to make a take, right? Like we can all right, make yeah. takes. It's so it's very easy to say the tight end one is Kelsey. Like we can all say that, and everyone can tweet it, but. I, I admire people that go against the grain and that's something that I have always done. So I admire people that, you know what, they believe in their take and it's not the take that maybe the general public agrees with, but there's a reason and you have, you know, you have f- facts to back it up with. And I know you're more of a numbers guy that I'm more of a film girl. So um, I, I like to have those type of people to follow those type of people. So you can, you know, get other people's perspective. That's the beauty of it. I mean, it's still like a human being sport. So you're going to make mistakes. There's, it, there is, there's a lot of room for error in this whole thing. So it's good to be accepting of other people's opinions and perspectives. And it's part of the beauty of Twitter. Right. And there's an easy thing that you can just say, unfollow or block, right? If you don't really like it, right? So just walk away. But so I'm, I'm super excited. I, like we talked about it earlier. I mean, it's been a while since we've been planning on doing this. So it's been kind of Jones and coming up to it. And I also am excited because we haven't got into it yet, but you are a fan of the one of the other teams that are labeled as New York football teams, uh, you know, so you're a Giants fan. So that's going to be fun because I'm excited to chat it up a little bit about that and, you know, get your opinions on some other things as far as the draft and some fantasy stuff. And, you know, what you think of the Bills, because, you know, you watch a lot of football and I think it's important to hear other people and not just the national media's opinion, um, you know, but there's other people grinding out there that are actually taking it seriously and have their opinions, too. So I'd like to hear that. Um, but before we get into all the good football stuff, um, we also like to do a thing here on the, you know, the Buffalo Nerd that I think most of you know by now we're at episode 11. So if you've been listening like you should have been, you should have been, right? Just making sure you heard that part. You should have been listening. If you you haven't been listening, that was the like, I think they call it a call to action, right? Like just, yeah, yeah, you should should listen, right? It's a call to action. Hey. I'm learning all about call to action now. (laughs) Right? Yeah. So it's a call to action. But anyway, uh, the other thing we like to do is chat up charities and organizations doing good. So this week, like we always do, we let the uh, guests choose who the charity is going to be. So this week, we're going to be highlighting girlsontherun.org. And this 
this was chose uh, by Steffi as her charity. And Steffi, why don't you go ahead and uh, tell us a little bit about what they do, why you chose them. I mean, I got to research it a little bit. I didn't know it was happening. It's pretty freaking cool, I think. Um, but, you know, uh, let me let me know why you like it and what, what brought you to it. Yeah. So this is huge. This is very exciting. For me. So I learned about Girls on the Run when I was in college. I had no idea what... Um, you know, Greek life was. And I went to school at University of Arizona and I coming from Connecticut, it, it, it was encouraged. Like, this is a good way to meet friends. You know, I, I went there not knowing anyone. And so I rushed. And one of the things going through recruitment um, is, uh, you know, they have one day that they talk about philanthropies and what the ph- philanthropy is of that organization. So the organization that I ended up rushing and was a member or still am a member actually, um, they, they, I heard while we're sitting there, you know, it's the girls are in your face, you're sweaty, your makeup is everywhere. It's, it's Arizona. It's like, you're nervous. I didn't even know what I was getting myself into. Like, I'm like, you know, people that do follow me, I'm a little bit of like the quirky, funny, like not really picking up on every social cue type of girl. So this is like, you know, I've always been like a guy's girl, never a girl's girl. So this is a lot for me, you know, I'm like a tomboy at heart. And, um, but I, I hear them say building strong girls. So that was the, the line of this, of girls on the run and it ended up being something that was you know I participate every single year it's it's basically that eight to 13 year old I might be off it might be to 14 I think it's a 13 though you know and it, it promotes girl empowerment and part of that is you you basically get a buddy almost and um you you work with that girl it's actually interesting my buddy ended up being someone that I nannied through through college so I have a very close relationship with her um but it's teaching life skills and and lessons and eight to 13 is a rough, those are rough years for females. Um, I'm not a male, so I can't comment on it, but those are really hard years for me with bullying, with, you know, with the being self-conscious and body image and a lot. And, and so you basically build up to do a run and you run with them. Um, it's like an after school activity. They do, we do like group, group, like exercises and activities and the girls love it. Like, cause there's nothing that you love at that age more than like an older girl. That's like so cool to you too. So to be able to touch, to touch uh, the, like to talk to these girls in these times where, you know, eight to 13 is so confusing. And you some of, most of us, you know, we don't really care what our mom says. Um, you want to hear it from someone else. So it's, it, it, was probably one of my favorite experiences in college. You know, positive youth development is a huge thing and it's something, you know, especially with social media and the way it is, is on the rise. It can be very negative and very, um, especially with girls, girls are mean, you know, like girls are rough. They're even now I still see it and I'm, you know, I'm turning 28 years old and I still deal with like the cattiness of females. And, you know, so to be able to be um, connected with someone who is younger and knowing that you're giving some positivity back was huge. Yeah, it's very cool. I, I had, like I mentioned, I had no idea about it and I was like, this is pretty cool. And I think the other part of it, right, is like the bullying's everywhere. I mean, it's it's not going away. I mean, the way the social media is nowadays and everything like that, it just makes it more accessible for kids to be bullied, right? And they don't have an escape really anymore because when they do try to like go onto social media to see what's going on, they're probably going to see something about them or things like that. And, you know, it's, it's just not a good place all the time. So it's cool to see also that they've, as I read a little bit about it, right. It's not just necessarily, yeah, come and run with us. Right. It's like, yeah, we're teaching you other things. Like there's actual like curriculum that comes along with right. it. Like what's yep. it, like, like, so you actually get to learn like some other skills while you're doing this. Right. Yeah. And you're probably meeting 
other girls that are in the same boat as you exactly. as far as feeling like they're bullied or whatever, right? I'm guessing. Exactly. I mean, obviously, yeah. I'm not and a girl each week, here. But... You know, each week, there was kind of a goal for us, like what we were going to accomplish that week. And um, and you lead up to it. I, I honestly forget, you know, it's been years now since I've done this, but it was like uh, X amount of weeks until the run. But each week was kind of building and learning something new. And it was awesome. And, you know, and you meet girls that maybe like they would be like, in the same class, but never would hang out because they never got that opportunity to like, be like, Oh, you're in the same boat. Like we connect on this, but we weren't in the same friend group, which happens a lot. Um, so it was, it, it was just honestly one of the coolest experiences. Um, and it's definitely what ended up making me rush Gamify beta because I thought that their philanthropy, especially being a sorority and, um, just promoting strong girls is huge. And, you know, it's more with the social media too. You have to learn how to deal with it and cope. You know, it's the stuff is never going to go away. The bullying is not going to go away, but how are you like internalizing it? And are you internalizing it healthy? And how can you do it in a way that's productive and um, positive? Yeah. I mean, I think that's the key piece. I think a lot of, you know, a lot, I have a 13 year old boy, right? Not a girl. Thank God. Sorry. Oh, I, don't, God. I, yeah. I don't mean that in a bad way. I just no, thought, I'm not sure I that I'd be able girls. to pull that off. Yeah. I'm not sure I could pull it off. So, uh, but uh, to me, it's, it's very up and down all the time. Right. And, uh, and this year has been very, it's really shown that not having some of like that social aspect for them to feel comfortable, to be able to have other people to communicate to at their level and their age level, it makes it very challenging, right? They don't want to just always be hearing what adults are saying, what their parents are saying and this, that, and the other. So I, he's had a, he's had a big year with, you know, emotions and all that kind of stuff too. So, and he's a boy, right. And, like everybody, I think can admit girls tend to have it harder than what boys have to have to deal with growing up. Right. So yeah. it's cool. I, I, and you were back and forth. Was there another charity that you were like, kind of like, man, I really want to talk about that charity too. Cause I kept hitting you up and you're kind of like, I'm, I'm, I'm in between. I'm like, I wanted like, to make sure that I was doing something, you know, something else that's near and dear to my heart is probably domestic violence. So I was going to maybe do that and touch on that because I think in the NFL, we're seeing a lot of these cases come up and, you know, the NFL kind of turns their heads sometimes to a lot of it. So, and I, I, um, volunteer at the women's shelter as much as I can. Um, I admit like when I say that it's, I can't do it as much as I, I want I used to do, I used to do it once a week. I just don't have the time for it anymore. But, um, I just think giving back in general, like we are so fortunate, like, like such fortunate human beings to like have the lives that we do and to, to have access to the things that we, we have access to. And so I, that's always been something that made my parents instilled in me is I always like to give back in any way that I can, you know, I don't have tons of money. I can't donate all the time, but if I, all the, like donate like tons of money all the time, but if I can donate my time every like once in a while, once a month, every two months, like I will do it. It, it means a lot to me. And I think just giving back in general, and that's, you know, that's the whole idea. Like, just be a nice human, you know, uh, like be a good person. Yeah, I think uh, I almost feel like you heard the first episode of the show because that's almost basically like exactly what I said. It felt like because that's to me, that was the whole point of this. It's like I, I don't have tons of money. Right. I don't have like I'm not like star power. I don't have like a trillion people following me. I don't have like all these things going on, but I do have time. Right. I do have like some time and effort and energy that I could put into trying to get cool things like this out in as front of as many people as possible. Right. And then to your point of just be a good person. Right. I mean, ultimately, I think that's everybody's trying to do that. Right. And we've all just walked a different paths to get to where we are. But realistically, it could be just as simple as just 
be a good person and do the right thing, right? And, you know, and if I you can help somebody like, out in some way, do it. Right. I do like little things too. Like it means like for me, to, like I always try to make a point to like, if I see something that someone's doing, like this is the easiest thing that you can do to be a good person is compliment someone, but be genuine about it. Like when you see something, like you see someone's work, for example, on Twitter and you're like, wow, that's an awesome article or holy crap. That's a real, like just reach out to them privately. Like for me personally, like some of the DMs I've gotten are like the nicest things that anyone has ever said to me. Like, and you don't realize the impact that that has on someone. You don't know the day that they're having. So I always try to really make a point to like, if I like something, that's, that's why I don't like retweet endlessly. Like I make sure I do it and it's meaningful. And you know, like I'll go and DM and be like, hey, dude, that was an awesome article. Keep up the good work. Like just doing little things like that is contributing back and it's adding positivity in the world that we just need in general. Like times are shitty right now. I don't know if I could say the S word, but I just did. Um, But yeah, yeah, really like times are tough right now. So just be kind. It's like all we have. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't give you the disclaimer before. There is, uh, you're free to say whatever you need to say. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just keep it going. So yeah, obviously I, I was pretty impressed with it when I started looking at it and then I'm, you know, I'm a male with no, re- I mean, I have a, a girlfriend obviously, so I have that female influence and I grew up with a mom. So I have a female influence yeah. in my life. Right. But besides that, I thought it was pretty cool. I, I like the concept. I, it's nationwide, right? So this isn't just uh, you know, a New York thing. It's, it is a nationwide thing. If you go to their website, which will all be in the show notes and everything um, it's girls on the run.org and, They've got a locator on there where you can go find a local one for, you know, a daughter of yours, a niece and niece, you know, cousins, whatever it might be. If you think somebody might need something like this in this, you know, in their time in life right now. So very cool organization. Now, shall we talk about the Giants? I'm not going to say new. I'm not going to say the mean word that I would typically say, and I'm not going to call them the thing that they're not. So we'll just call them the Giants. (laughs) So. I know you are everywhere and you don't know, you focus on your team a lot. I see, you know, you pay attention to a lot what's going on, but you're asked to be spread a, di- a bunch of different ways. But overall, just from what you've got to see so far, would you say that the Giants have upgraded so far this offseason or do you feel like they've kind of stood pat or are you, do you really feel like they did some bad things and went the wrong way? You know what? Uh, you, there's no way to look at the New York Giant, or sorry, the Giants. Uh, <laughs> since we are on your podcast, they will keep it keep it kind. But you know, there's no way to look at the Giants offseason and tell me that they did not upgrade. Um, so you know, getting Galladay, getting Ross, getting Rudolph, getting Jackson, like the the amount of talent that they did bring in is impressive because they're addressing actual needs. So it's easy for a team to go out during free agency and pick up whoever they want, but to be smart about it, it is another thing. You know, maybe a lot of the money is, it, it may not seem smart, but it is. Like, it, it's going to pay off in the long run. You pay for what you get. I think that a lot of people, oh, it's easy to knock uh, the money that was spent. But, you know, like, for example, Booker, you know, they're all mad that that they uh, signed the running. Okay, but you're, you're paying to keep Saquon's longevity, right? Like, it's not, you're not paying him for Finally. his talent. <laughs> Like yeah, I mean, they're paying finally to, paying for that. Right, exactly. So, you know, and then and investing in investing in someone like Kenny Galladay is you're investing also in Ingram, Shepard, and Slayton who do better with a wide receiver one on the team. So right there, you're already paying for now four players instead of one, right? So now you've got players that can be productive because you're taking off the targets that they can't handle. Then you look at Rudolph. Yeah, you guys, you know, everyone wants to say he's older, blah, blah. It does not matter. His purpose, his role 
role is going to be for the red zone. Um, so Jason Garrett has this creepy obsession with Witten. I don't know what the deal is, why he can't get over him. It's like the ex he can't get over. And he treated Ingram like Witten. He is not Witten, but Rudolph... That's as close as Garrett is going to get to Witten in the NFL. Um, so I, I'm pleased with what they've done. My concern is the O-line. Um, so we'll see what they do with the draft. I think that, you know, last year they do, they did have, um, did they picked up Thomas and Pert in the draft, which was great. Pert is going to end up being, I think, the steal of that draft. I think that. You know, another person that people forget about is Xavier McKinney, who only got to really play, play one game. Um, so people forget about that draft pick last year, too. So the secondary is signed, sealed, delivered. I mean, they don't even need to address it. I, I think t- even to discussing taking a cornerback is crazy to me. Um, so I, I'm happy with what they did, but I'm not going to get excited for two reasons. One is because Jason Garrett is still the the OC and because the O-line still is very, very, very young. It, it amazes me sometimes that guys like Garrett and stuff, they continue to get gigs after they show for years that they're just kind of mediocre. Yeah, it, it really blows they're me torture. away. When it's like like that. they're torturing me, I feel like. But and they're torturing everybody around them. It feels like because they're like, wait, what? Yeah, I think Garrett? he just needs to make Garrett, his way right? around. Like, go to the Eagles or something. Go to Washington. Right? Go ahead, make he your may. Round. Give it time. He could very well do it. Give it time. I yeah. mean, he probably but, will. <laughs> yeah, I I feel like you guys upgraded too. I, I I my favorite move actually I thought for you guys was the Rudolph move. It it makes a it makes a lot of sense to me that and it also helps get a tight end in the room that's a pro to try to help Evan Ingram figure out how to get to another level or figure out how to just maintain a level, yeah. right? Because he he hasn't had a good tight end around to really help him or groom him or try to teach him different ways. And I think I was I was going to be okay if the Bills made a move for Rudolph, right? Like, like that to me felt like you get a young tight end that you have confidence in or you have belief in, why not support him the same way that you would a quarterback with a veteran quarterback, right? To teach them the ways to do it, right? Like if you can do that across your team, why would you not do that? Right. And something that I actually say a lot, I don't know you if you may have watched something that I've said this before, but there's three teams that I applaud tremendously for their culture, right? They've fixed the culture and they're actually making sure that the locker room presence is, matters. It's the Buffalo Bills, it's the Miami Dolphins, and it's the Giants. Like those three teams are now teams that players want to play on. um, Coaches want to coach there. I mean, like the Bills dancing at practice is funny and people can post it, but the meaning behind that and the value behind that is so is so huge. You know, the years that the Giants won Super Bowls was because the locker room wanted to be there. They wanted to work hard and they wanted to win. So like, you don't get that camaraderie across the league. You know, the the Bills, Miami and and the Giants, like you don't hear them. They don't badmouth each other in the press. Um, they keep it real clean, real tight in all three of those systems. And I, I applaud the three of those systems because that is the way that football should be uh, ran. And you know what? The Giants, for years I mean after Plaxico shot himself after OBJ like you didn't see that culture anymore it was gone I mean like we haven't seen this culture until Joe Judge came in and was like I don't care what our record is like we are going to fix the culture here and that is my priority and he did that so I applaud him for that because I think that the value that it is you you look at the bills you look at Miami and those are two teams that come right to mind when I think about it Um, and I think culture really does matter 
Yeah, and they all stem from similar places too. And I, I don't think it, it amazes me that so many organizations have a hard time with it when the Patriots did it successfully for so many years right before your eyes, right? They just showed you that when you can put a winner on the field and you can consistently win, players are going to want to be there and you're going to consistently be able to win. Back, Like you mentioned, the Bills lost back in those days, you know, but their continuity was the reason they had success, keeping guys in the building. You see guys taking pay cuts to stick around. When you start getting to that point in your team, then you've reached the next level, I feel like, where you're actually making progress to where you are a competent franchise that's going to be able to move forward and be successful long term. As much as you mentioned Miami and I really dislike them, yeah, I do agree that they are, they're they're making the right moves. I mean, they've got first-round picks galore for the next four years. I mean, they're, they're doing the right pieces. I still think they have quarterback trouble, but I do they too. are doing well, the right pieces, right? But, <laughs> I'm glad uh, you agree. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, and I'm also I actually feel like it's not there yet, but I do feel like the Jets are going to swing are going to sway under the new GM. I really do like the new GM. I feel like he's very much like Brandon Bean was with the Bills. He's he's smart. He's he's making good moves. I do feel like he he's also going to change that franchise too in the right way. But it all stems kind of from that same like kind of background of coaching. I mean, right. McDermott came from it. I mean, exactly. Brian Flores in Miami. I mean, Joe Judges, they all come from this this success, right? And and it's just a matter of getting all those guys. But it all does fall back to one piece that I want to touch on with you still because you've got pieces now. You've got great things around, but it all stems from the person that throws the ball, right? I mean, we all know that every franchise needs to find the quarterback or it doesn't matter what you're doing, right? So you're confident still in Daniel Jones? Yeah, I'm con- So this is Daniel Jones last year, though. Like, I'm not defending right. him past this year. This is it. Um, you have all the weapons. I think that, you know, to expect, first of all, <laughs> Daniel Jones did not play like horrifically last year. Like if you actually look at his numbers, it's not, everyone goes right to that turnover number and that's fine. But, you know, people forget things as little as the center never played center before. Like you're giving a rookie QV that has to take over after Eli Manning, a center that can't snap the ball at like it, appropriately. I mean, like some of the, I have videos and videos of thank God Daniel Jones has hops because like he literally had to jump several times. So, you know, you've got little things like that. This is the, it was the youngest team in the NFL last year. You've got an, a new coaching system. You've got an O-line that stinks. Um, you've got Ingram and Slayton who are the most targeted guys on the team and combined their completion percentage is probably 56%. Um, you know, Ingram lost 35 points for the team by my numbers, it's 42. Slayton lost 11. By my numbers, it's like 17. So like, you know, these guys, it, it, there was fundamental issues. You know, you don't have Saquon. Jason Garrett isn't the best offensive mind in the league. Um, I think that, um, you know, for Daniel to not do well this year will be surprising. I think as long as they, you know, the O-line getting an offseason is ginormous. It's something that that O-line really, really needed. The guys are too young. You know, you bring Soldier back. I think that I, I'm confident in Daniel Jones. I think that Daniel Jones needed a full year on the bench. I, I think that the way that they took him off the bench was inappropriate. I think that, you know, even like putting him back in injured, you know, you watched him like – 
get hurt again because the team decided to place him back in. So there's little things like that where I don't think Daniel Jones has been given the right opportunity to succeed. Um, but this is it for Daniel Jones, you know, just like a lot of these guys, you know, I, I joke around that there's a bench of QBs that you're either going to go be a startup uh, like a starting, <laughs> you're going to be a starting quarterback or you're going to be a QB one. Like this is it for you guys. Wentz, Hertz, Darnold, Jones. Like, I mean, we're talking about at least five to uh, Andrew Locke. Like there's like six quarterbacks in this league that this is it this year. Tua even, you can argue. I don't think that Tua has it in him. Um, So like the, he's just on a long bench, but of that bench, he's probably like, I'm top two most confident in. So like, I think that with this system, with judge, with how much he's working, I mean, the dude looks yoked in like every, he's like, he puts in work. So, you know, he really wants to be, um, he wants to be the franchise quarterback and you can tell and that matters, you know, everyone, you don't need um, a Patrick Mahomes to win a Super Bowl. Um, Eli Manning was never Patrick Mahomes. Eli Manning won two of the greatest Super Bowls in history off of being Eli Manning and having the weapons around him. So, you know, I, you know, Eli Manning was not a great quarterback. He was a good, he was a very good quarterback, you know, and he was a very, he was a great playoff quarterback, but he was not a great quarterback and no one, I mean, you can't argue with me that, but you can't write NFL history without Eli Manning. So, you know, it's, it's, you don't need Patrick Mahomes all the time to win. (laughs) Yeah. It's still a team sport. I mean, yes, it, it helps to have a great quarterback, right? They can make amazing plays when you need an amazing play, but realistically it's a team sport. I mean, there's more value and you see Brady win championships and you see guys go back and be like, let's bring the team back, right? Because they know it's a team sport. It takes more, it takes everybody making plays, right? So I applaud uh, your opinion of, of the giants and how, where you see them right now, because I, and I feel like they're in a division, right. That's very much wide open still. Right. So they can make the moves. And yes, he, I think that last year he got a lot of put just in like a trial of errors, right. Just because there was so much other dumb stuff that was taking place that it was just all Daniel Jones's fault because he's the guy, right. I mean, when you're the quarterback, you take that brunt, but he does look like he puts in the work. He looks like he can make the throws, right. So some of his decision-making still questionable, but like you mentioned, when you've got 12 tenths of a second, to throw the football before people are eating you alive, right? It's hard to make quick decisions, right? You saw Joe Burrow last year, who I think is going to be a great quarterback in the NFL, was getting murdered the first eight weeks of the season because his offensive line couldn't stop anybody, right? So it's it's very difficult. And you got to, like you mentioned, you got to have that. And when you lose your best running back, you know, like the guy that's supposed to take a lot of the heat off of you, right? Like he's supposed to provide your buffer, like, uh, oh, okay, just give it to Saquon, right? Just give it to him and we'll see what happens. So, I, I think they're in a good position defensively. You know, I think they're okay enough to continue to be, you know, competitive in that division, which is all that really matters. Like, yeah. I, mean, I know a lot of people always want to go. Number nine defense. I mean, coming from the 30th is like really impressive. I mean, like actually oh, I think yeah. it was 31st, like to go from 31st to nine, I think the giants are in position. They could easily be a top five um, defense here. There's without a doubt in my mind that they could easily push that mark, um, especially if they add a little bit more. I mean, God, God knows. Imagine they draft Micah Parsons, forget about it. The league's totally screwed defensively. And, you know, <laughs> a lot of the times the Giants historically have won a lot of games defensively. So I, I'm okay with it. I, like, that's cool. So you make sure you got, and, I, you know, one of my tweets that I want to clear that since this is a Buffalo, you know, pod, I will clear the air. <laughs> one time I, I, I did mention like Stefan Diggs and, and Josh Allen. 
I by no means when I said that, like I was not comparing the talent level to Daniel Jones and Galladay. What I'm comparing is getting your person. Like it's, it has nothing to do with the talent level. It's that every quarterback needs that guy. Daniel Jones did not have that guy. Shepard is a wide receiver too. Slayton is barely a wide receiver three and I will fight to the death. I will die on that hill. I'm over Slayton. I hope he gets traded. I'm done with him. You know, so like, he, and that's it. I mean, and now you got Ross too, someone who ha- came into this league with a lot of potential is fast as crap. So, you know, you get these mm-hmm. guys and you use them properly, but Galladay can be that person that gives Daniel Jones his confidence, you know, and, and the digs move with Allen, like that they're a pair. Now you look at, you know, Rogers and Adams, like you need that guy. And, and Daniel Jones has never had that guy. He has Saquon, but I want a wide receiver. That's going to be his guy. And I think the Galladay can be that. Yeah, you absolutely have to have a guy that you have faith in, right? Every every successful quarterback in the NFL has had a guy that they have faith in. Right. Even if it's that moment where you know it's not really there, but you just throw it a little bit higher and hope for the best. Right. And they're on the other end and they make it the best, right? That's what they do. I mean, the Diggs relationship elevated Josh Allen beyond this year, right? And like you mentioned, now they're together the next four years, you know, and you've you've now got just so much room for them to develop into being whatever they can put their imaginations to. And you get to make that happen. So it absolutely is a help. You see a lot of guys that struggled once Matt Stafford lost Calvin Johnson, you know, he never really found the guy again in that organization. You know, you, you see it in Miami. They don't really have the guy, you know, they don't really have these things. New England obviously doesn't really have the guy anymore. I mean, so it's it's weird to think about it because we call it a team sport, but it very much still does have individual aspects to it, right? Where there's just, yeah. yes, this is a team, but when it comes down to it, right. I know where right. my dog is and I know who I'm going to and he knows I'm going to him and everybody in the building knows I'm going to him, but we're still going to him. Yep, absolutely. I agree with you. I couldn't agree more. And I think also it's learning, you know, as a young guy coming in and someone, something that, you know, the Giants last year, a lot of people's problems is they're all young guys that are listening to their coaches. Like Daniel Jones is not making decisions independently. He's just doing the play that is given to him. He's executing the best of his ability, but it's the coach's like role to make sure you elevate him to a point where if he needs to make a call, he can make a call on his own. And you saw it multiple times where he'd want to do something. And that's normally where the mistakes come from. Um, the film on Jones, the last two games, whether they won, they lost, I don't care. The Ravens game, Daniel Jones played phenomenally. Everything was great. His footwork was improved. He protected the ball. The rest of the team didn't show up. So they need, we all need to show up. And then we all need to play right. football and we need to do it together. It's not like leave Daniel Jones high and dry. <laughs> so if you're, so you're feeling pretty confident about everything, what would be your draft need right now? If you, with your, if you're taking the pick, where are you going with it? Yeah. You know, this one's hard. I, you know what the difficult part is, is all these teams that need quarterbacks are really screwing us. You know, it's like, it's impossible to figure out what is going to be there. Um, so yeah, that's where I struggle, hard. right? Like, it's like, who, I don't know, anything could happen. I'm almost week. giving up, right? Yeah, I'm like, I'm almost I giving can't. up because if it's like, and then you go, well, the first four quarterbacks are going to be the first four picks. So then what, right? Then you can start imagining all these scenarios where great football players are going to fall back to teams that you don't want them to fall back to, right? And then you or it could just be like well Atlanta at four throws a wrench and everything and changes everything up and then here we go right it's a I've given up almost I'm glad we're picking way late because it's like back there it's like you kind of just are yeah it is what it is 
Yeah, and I think that, you know, I, I, with the Giants, they could go a couple ways. This is the first time since God knows when that they can't really mess up the first pick, which is cool. You know, like I <laughs> haven't been in a position in like since I was probably in like high school, I think, for them to not mess it up, you know? Um, so I think the two ideal positions would probably be taking another tackle, taking, you know, uh, if they, if Slater is the, I love Slater. Slater is my OT one. That's one of my, one of my things I'm very Ooh. loud about. Um, I think that's that his, your guy. That's my guy. I love him. I think that he, it's funny that guy. I have that name written down right here. Um, and when we get to the bills, that was, that was my move. That's what I, I, the way we've been transitioning this off season, I'm, I'm feeling like we might make a move up and that's the guy. I don't necessarily want him for tackle though. Yeah. He's a better, he would play right guard phenomenally too. Like he, I think he'd be our, he'd be our new center. I think behind oh, Mitch really? Morris, let him work, let him work behind Mitch Morris for a year because Morris has got, he's got, you know, head injuries. He's had a lot of concussions, you know, yeah. it's getting close. He came back on a cheap deal. I think he's got one year left in him. It'd be really cool to get a really good football player at like 15 ish, 17. And we just let him sit there for the year because then we got Josh Allen with a young center. He's got digs for four years we just signed his both of his tackles to four-year deals i mean like how do you build better right and i think that that's something you know having guys like you know matt pert is one that i think of that the giants guy and he reminds me like there's some the only similarity that i see is i love versatility on the o-line so i love an o-lineman that can play anything they should be able to fill any role i mean you saw sometimes Matt Pert actually lined up as a tight end sometimes last year. Like you need guys that can do that though. Like the, the, how the worth that that is, is like, and I know I'm like a kind of a psycho O-line person. Um, it's in my bio, whatever, but like, I love the O-line because I love how versatile some of the players can be. So someone like Slater can go into any system. And, um, he can be worked a certain way. He can be coached appropriately and he could fill a gap. So having that that ability to fill gaps like that is beautiful. Um, so he's one. I heard the Giants are a big fan of his. Um, you know, they talk about what's his name? AVT, ATV. I, I, you know, I didn't really love his film and I watched it. I have to, he's on my film list to go over again because um, I didn't spend a lot of time. The stuff that I did watch it wasn't super high on but you know what i've heard good things from people that i trust in giants nation so if we get him i will be happy whatever just protect daniel jones i don't really care um but don't be surprised if they take a wide receiver if smith falls if waddle falls uh, you know it will not shock me if they take it because then they're securing the weapons right um and then you know for fantasy people uh it, your galladay value goes down if they do do that um because he already has to split targets but then you bring in a guy that could be the wide receiver 1a um, then Galladay's value really does go down. Um, but yeah, either of those, you know, I've heard Micah Parsons, he has connections to the team. Um, I could see that being the case, you know, people bring up his character. I, I'm not worried about any character problems because of Joe Judge, which is also a cool thing. You know, it's mm -hmm. been since yep. Coughlin that we had that, that foundation of a coach that doesn't take crap from anyone. And, you know, you saw what he did with Golden Tate. He shut his mouth so quick, didn't let him go down to the Washington game. You know, you just need the right coach that's going to shut people up and not take crap from any of the players. So I don't really care. I mean, but also we haven't taken a, we haven't taken a linebacker since 1984 when it was Carl Bank. <laughs> so you're looking at a, a very unrealistic, uh, like it's just not going to happen in my opinion. So I think that they will go, <clears throat> they'll do something O-line or they're going to go wide receiver. Anything else would yep. shock me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like that. I feel like I'm a hundred percent and I don't have the, the nice little saying in my bio that I love a sexy O-line, but I do 
believe that it all starts at the lines either way, right? It, it all comes from the D line and the O line. It all starts there. So like I mentioned, I'm, I'm a hundred percent. Like when we were talking about not signing Darrell Williams this off season, I was like, why wouldn't we just secure the right side of the line for the next four years? Why yeah. do you just, just do that? Right. If you can do that, just do that. Like it takes so much stress off the plate. Right. And, and I, that's the other reason I had Slater written down too, as you mentioned, was the versatility. That's what we love. I mean, make, make, Dermot and Bean, they love that in offensive linemen. They want guys they can shift all over the place, and they'll give you what they the still high quality play all across the board, right? The other reason I like him a lot too is that he didn't play last season, and he's still projected to be one of the like top fifteen picks. That should tell you something about the guy. And if you go and look at his bio, he's like every snap he's ever played. He's played in like every game almost he was available to play. He's like been an all American, you know, from the get go all conference. Like he's just a stud. And um, he shot chase young the hell down. Like, and that is all I need to, you know, like you, if you want one piece of thing about Slater, it's that Slater made chase young, his child during games. Like he was like, I'm your daddy. This is what's up. You're done. Thank you, sir. Get out of here. Whereas someone like Penny, you know, the Pac-12 is pretty weak. Uh, he hasn't really ever seen an edge rusher. He, he, you know, I don't think he's been challenged as much as the way that Slater has. I think that Slater has had better. He's had to compete at a higher level than I think Penny has. You know, I don't really care what, what where they, either of them played school. It's what players did they see throughout their career? Who were they able to right. shut down? How are they? How did they um, progress in their career? And Slater's film is is beautiful. Um, it's you know, Penny has I something about Pac-12 tackles I can't stand for some reason there's something about the way that they transition into the NFL that is just not as seamless as everyone else so and, and Penny's gonna be phenomenal don't get me wrong this isn't me hating on Penny. he I just have a 1a and 1b and Penny is 1b um I think that Slater is the most NFL ready tackle that's coming into this draft I think what the what you're talking about is that the 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 West Coast guys come in with like this like high society flavor to them, but then you take the guys from like Northwestern, right? And they're like they you feel like they're going to be a grinder, right? And you just associate in your head that O line means I need like this grinder type, right? Like I want a brawler. I don't want some like dude with his sunglasses on in the California yeah. sun having a blast, right? You know, right. I want, and but, I came from the quality players. Like I get it. Right? Like trust me, I right. went to school with these dudes. Like I. Okay. Like, um, and also with Penny, I don't know if you saw, did you see how, like, I don't want to say the word skinny because he's not skinny, but like the dude lost a lot of weight, like a concerning amount of weight. When I saw that picture, I'm like, why is his waist so skinny? Like, what are you doing, sir? Go eat some. It's an interesting build. Yeah. He's got an interesting (laughs) build for a tackle. It's, it's, it's interesting, but I, I, it could also just be, you know, like some dietary science crap above my level right now too. Right. But yeah, I mean, I get it. You want big brawlers in there. Yeah. Yeah. It's not about him not doing great. Like I'm very positive that, you know, he's going to come into this. He's going to be a phenomenal tackle. It's not a big deal, but I just don't think like I'm picking Slater over Penny every single day, twice on Sundays. Yeah. Yeah. He's been my, he's been my guy too. I I was hoping that as we've been transitioning and I've been watching things and we've just bringing more linebackers coming in, more linemen coming in, the Matt Breida signing, just like some things like that have made me feel like, it would be just a, a proper move to either. I don't think we're picking at 30 either way. I, I don't believe that'll happen. I think that Bean will either make a move up or he's going to move back 
Mm-hmm. I it'll probably be the move back as much as I would love it to be a move up for like one more really solid piece because I don't think we're that far away. No. You're I, not. And, and I think a really good piece, like piece that just pushes you over the level could be the move, but it's, I think it's going to be back and it'll probably be cornerback for us. I don't, that's, it's the only thing I can see at this point. It's like, I don't know that we need very much. So it's just, where do you think you would like to have the the best challenge in camp or where would you like to have, you know, people fighting the hardest for a position on your roster is what it feels like to me at this point. But what do you stand on the bills? So I, you know, what's funny is I, I almost want to ask you before I go into it, is I think that everyone is being like a little too ridiculous on the running back situation on, on the bills. Like I like Moss is going to be fine. I don't know like where this came from, like what the big concern is, but he's going to be okay. And I think people need to give him, he's someone that needs to get a little bit of a break, like let the dude develop into the player that he needs to become. And I think that he has that in him, Um, you know, as far as whatever else he brought on during free agency, I, you know, I don't know how much that move is really the smart just doesn't matter to me a little bit yeah no i to me i was last year in the beginning of the season before the season even started i was saying that zach moss by the before the end of the season halfway through would be running back one because when we drafted him he fits more of what we need to do especially late in the season he's played in the cold he's played in the snow he knows what he's doing he's built to be more of a bruiser kind of take the hits do that and devin singletary is kind of he's more of just a, a one-trick pony to me a little bit i don't i love him and i think he can be the right weapon in the right situation but i've i did feel like that zach moss was going to be the guy the only thing i think we're lacking in that i do like in the breed move is there's not speed we don't necessarily have speed at yeah. the back I think that's where Moss lacks a little bit right he doesn't have the breakaway speed but I think Brita can present that and Singletary I'm I'm not sure I, I I'm I'm not gonna be surprised me if he's just not really relevant this year especially with Brita with Brita coming in I mean Brita can basically fill that role right and right, he can you know? fill it and, well you know like he's as long as he like pulls it together a little bit but you know like Moss is just someone that I feel like they need to just everyone needs to like chill out about um like I still have Moss shares in dynasty leagues because I believe in Moss and I do believe that he has the capability to be excellent um he does lack the speed 100% but I think that he is that pow- he can be that powerhouse 100% but you know the bills are in a great spot I'm like a closet bills fan you know some teams I'm a closet fan of and, and the bills is one of them absolutely you know um my friend Victoria on Twitter I don't know you should definitely reach out to her you guys would have a blast on the show together but she, you know, it's a blast talking to her about the Bills because to see where, and again, it comes down to culture. And I love teams that like value culture and value the importance of that. Allen has stepped into that leadership role so well. You gave him digs. I mean, the team is in such a good position to, I do you know, I don't know if you know this. I had bet on them to win the Super Bowl. Like, oh, yeah? probably like week five. I was like, this team's got it. Like they've got the fire. Like I know it, it's going to happen. And then they, you know, broke my heart. But beginning of the season, beginning of the season, I said, I took AFC champions and I took Josh Allen as MVP and McDermott as coach of the year at the beginning of the season. I, the only one I truly felt like I got robbed on was the McDermott one. I, agree. I felt like he was, it felt like he was coach of the year, but besides that, yeah, I think you, I mean, I, I'm excited. I get excited to watch Bill's games. You know, one my one concern, and uh, we'll see you if you agree with me, is with Allen, you know, I think it's, it's not really a concern because I think it'll come with time. I think it's a maturity thing is he just gets nervous. Like playoff Allen sucks, you know, like it's like he's so 
he's so nervous and he, he makes dumb mistakes that, you know, he would never do during the regular season. Um, so, I, and I think you saw that a lot where he was just a little skittish, you know, releasing the ball just a little bit too fast or, you know, not going through his progressions quite as well. Whereas like the normal season, Alan was so awesome, like literally fantastic. Um, and to, I, I kind of knew, you know, getting him digs, I kind of knew this was happening. I picked up Alan and digs across the board in all of my leagues. Um, I just, I, I, in redraft, I just felt like it was their year. Um, and that was probably my best call actually last season was the Allen and Diggs thing. Um, but I think that Allen, like, I think the maturity of being in those bigger games will come. And I think that he will be able to settle down a little bit. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, you, I, I text back and forth with my grandfather every game. And that's the first thing I look for. And you can ask a lot of people that I, even when I have friends come over, like fans of other teams are watching they you know, they're like, you're not even like amped up. You're not doing anything. I was like, no, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm watching. And all I'm going to look for is when he comes on the field for his first series is I start watching his eyes. If his eyes are looking all over the place and he's moving and grooving with his eyes, things aren't going to be good. Once he settles in, you can see it, the calm, it's cool, it comes in. But I agree with it. He's, he does have some games where he gets a little amped up in the beginning. You can see it, and it's just it's just his eyes are starting getting – it's like, calm down, dude. Relax. It's all right. You still are the, you're still going to be fine here. Just And then he moves past it, and you can see it. But if you start seeing his eyes, like if he's looking all over the place, like he, you can tell he's not recognizing it, right? And if, if you start seeing that, I have some concerns. But I do think, too, that just from the progression that you've seen so far yes. – Yes that's going to go away, right? Like it's got, it, even if it doesn't go away, it's definitely going to maybe one series. All right. Shake the rut. Oh, okay. That was dumb. Why'd I do that again? Right. And then just, you know, get, get going. But I, I'm happy with where we're at. I, for the first time in a long time, I've confidently said multiple times, I think that this is a 10 year program right now where we can oh, yeah. consistently win successfully for 10 years and be very competitive the way that we're building. Yeah, definitely. And I think it, you know, and you like from my interactions with you from your Twitter, from talking to you now, too, is um, there's a lot of unrealistic fans out there. And I think being a realistic fan is part of like the superpower of being the fan of a team. So like you need to be realistic about what the scenario is and, and how far your team has come every year. Like I went into last year and I, I thought the Giants were going to win five games. They won six. Like, that's cool. That's awesome. Like, be realistic with what it, what you're going into, you know? Like, to expect your team to every single year make a playoff run when they're not doing anything to be a playoff team is unrealistic, you know? So, like, the Bills, there's a reason to be realistic right now, you know? You, you can be excited because of what they've done and what they've shown you they can do. And and this is going to just be another year of being a powerhouse in the NFL. Um, So, like, the Giants, like, right now, like, the Giants – are inexcusable for me to not win at least eight games. I mean, you didn't make these moves. You didn't do everything that you did. You didn't lose six games by one point to not come in this season and win eight games. And I think that's a realistic expectation. If they win more than eight games, like they won one extra game that I thought they would last year, then great. Um, but to get hard on your team and to like bash players on Twitter and like to get crazy with it, it's like, look at where, where your team is. Look at what, what the coaching staff looks like. What are the moves are they making? Like, just be realistic and you won't get your feelings hurt. <laughs> Right. The easiest way to be realistic is remember that the other 31 teams are also trying, right? They're not just sitting there waiting for your team to just win. Like that's not their goal is to just be like, oh, the Bills, you want them to win? Yeah, we can do that for you. Sure. No problem. It's cool though. 
yeah. who see like new teams coming in as like oh absolutely the power, the Browns because right? we're the, seeing the Browns in the business could be an AFC championship yeah, in the future right like when would you have said that yes yes and you're seeing teams like the Seahawks start to you know they're not gonna yeah, get out of the way anymore yeah, they're kind of, of the fading way. out um the cardinals have proved that they want to stay in in uh in average lands they want to be a good team right. they don't want to be yep. great that's fine um that's not how i want my team to rebuild um washington is another team that's really showing that they can be a a, a power in this league so it's fun to see some of the like teams like the steelers who were oh you know growing up yeah. steelers and seahawks were huge like they were fantastic but we're seeing a new wave of of teams that we actually never saw before like the bills right like miami who has been irrelevant for literally years you know so i'm enjoying seeing these teams coming like coming full circle and like their hard work you know to be a football fan you need to at least like love the game itself too like i get excited for teams like the bills right i'm not a bills fan it's another new york team i have no reason to root for them but i am rooting for them because i think what they've done and their ability to get better is awesome like why would you not want to see good football <laughs> absolutely i, I mean I, I i watch games so they're close and competitive right i don't want to watch blowouts i mean it's fun like it's cool to blow your like your arch rival like would i be okay with every time for the next 10 years when we play the patriots we beat them by 40 points yeah sure but right like i'd also it's fun to watch other teams be successful too and make it competitive like i want people to look at the afc east and be like that's the toughest division in football right like why wouldn't you want to be the team winning the toughest division in football right, absolutely. right? like that like so i agree with you 100 percent on that stuff I, to me it's football is better when the the little guys have a fighting chance and i'm okay with the seattles of the world fall and taking Absolutely. their seat I Pittsburgh Why? yeah Why Pittsburgh I'm it? over seeing them be there all the time Baltimore like you just let your two best defensive players walk away like what are you doing and what is like the right? Raiders do you not care yeah. about your O-line at all like we don't care yeah, like, we're just gonna get rid of it like what are you guys doing like so yeah. it's like teams like that that don't deserve to do well you know teams like right. Buffalo yeah. teams like Miami teams like Washington teams like the Giants teams like the Browns and I hate that makes me sick I'm gonna throw up everywhere but like oh, know, even the too. Bengals the Bengals yeah. need to not mess up this draft, but like teams like that, seeing them fight and seeing like the guys want to play there and, and and to see them get better is I love that. I think it's awesome. Like, why would we not want to have competitive, awesome football? Yeah, absolutely. Especially when we are looking like we're going to get an extra game this year too. Right? I, I mean, so like Great. it's going to be fun. But we're coming up close to an hour here. So at the end of the show, I want to give you a shout out and give you an opportunity here to uh, chat up anything extra you got going on. I I didn't realize you were doing some of these other things going on. So I there's some what some small is it small bits? There's like there's buying football teams going on that you're part of now and stuff. So shout out what you're up to. Yeah, tons of stuff. I mean, like I always say, like, if I'm not already on your timeline, you can find me at Stevie Smalls with three L's. I like to tell everyone now the three L's are Brady's losses, two from the New York Giants, one from Nick Foles, who went to my alma mater. So I take that. I take pride in those three losses for Brady because, you know, it was hard to root for. You know, I never rooted for Brady until we got to appreciate the talent that we're getting to watch. You know, I don't want to, for years, I didn't like him. This is the first year that I was like, okay, Brady, I can, I can be excited that you're on the field. Like I appreciate your talent and realize that we're experiencing something that we'll never get again, you know? Um, Yep. Yep. But yeah, so a tons of stuff, small talk. It's going to start coming out on Wednesdays. Uh, we just changed up the schedule with the sponsor a little bit. So look out for that. Uh, and then, of course, our Friday show, me and Dave Kluge chop it up with some cool guys. We've had Matt Barry on, you know, I, tons of names. Mike Florio. Uh, today we have Moody on. So there's a, you know, we have a ton of people coming on. We like to just 
rather than talk football, it's getting to know some of these faces that you see everywhere and you see on online. How did they get there? What's their passions? Uh, and just kind of chop it up. It's very, com- very comfortable, laid back uh, convos. We're going to start posting those to Spotify. I just set it all up so I can finally get those out on Spotify. Um, and yeah, I mean, everything that I'm doing is on my Twitter I'm sure you guys will see it if you follow me. Um, just keep an eye out for all that stuff. FTN, there's some really exciting things coming for the fall. I'll keep my mouth shut a little bit. Oh, I just took over part of their TikTok. So I will be posting some TikToks. I feel like I'm aging myself a little bit here, but we're going to try our best, okay? <laughs> but thank Something you, Cole, you for, seriously. This is a great, great show. Awesome. I'm, I appreciate you having me on. Thank you very much for being here, and uh, I, I enjoy following you all the stuff you got going on. I'd like to, I've watched the show with you and Dave a few times. Uh, it's good. It's good content. If you guys aren't following her, you should be following her. Uh, check her out. She's probably got a white claw in her hand. If you're looking for her and you're confused because there's another Steffi Smalls, just look for the one holding the white claw. That'll probably be the that'll be the right one. Um, but also, thank you very much for being here. I know you're super busy, uh, especially this time of the year with the draft coming up and fantasy is going to start hitting full swing and everything here real soon. And now that you're a betting lady. Um, but also to everybody listening in, uh, thank you again for being here. I appreciate your time. Of course, uh, you know, we're doing this uh, to just get you guys uh, the opportunities to learn from some new people, find out about some great causes, you know, and uh, hopefully spread that around with everybody. Uh, make sure you have uh, subscribed, you know, you're leaving reviews, spreading it around to your friends. All right. Everybody be safe out there. Mask up. Love you guys. See you next week. who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call click or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done